Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League draft. And with the first round, pick John Elway, Jim Kelly. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round, pick Dan Marino and Bruno. NFL draft. And with the first round, pick Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought the show was going to take me. I would have asked for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL draft. Good young players with the draft all about. Here in and you're out. Welcome back to the draft. Wide receivers, running back, tackle, quarterback. Every year in the draft, there has been a trade. Ricky Williams. John Dolphin. On a shady Saturday. Welcome back to the draft. Defensive line. Wide receiver, running back, tackle, quarterback. What is up and welcome to the Square Sports Podcast. This is episode two, NFL Draft Edition. I'm your host, Mr. Bank, joined by the Sandman. And today we are going to be talking strictly about the draft. Uh, We'll make sure to get to the rest of you guys' Twitter questions in the next podcast. But we just wanted to focus on the draft. This is the last Sunday before the NFL Draft. We wanted to touch on a lot of points from it. One thing that uh, we found pretty interesting that we want to talk about is the logistics of this remote draft. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to watch, like if there's any screw ups um, with like technology or things like that. And um, I don't know, I guess just like how fast teams pick, like the trades, if this affects it and things like that. Um, it's certainly going to be interesting. There's going to be a whole new dynamic with, I mean, who knows, is Goodell going to like walk out to every pick or is he just going to like slide in? Like, everything like that, just the little things, what's going to be going on. Yeah, I, well, it's good. Yeah, I don't even know. Are they still ha- what venue are they even having it at? Like, where is Goodell going to be? Like, no one even knows. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Goodell's not just in, the, in his league office in New York. But, I mean, who really knows? Yeah, it'll be interesting. And then, like, yeah, like, interviews. I know they distributed, like, cameras to, like, the top 40, like, to, I think, like, top 50-some prospects. Yeah, yeah. Um. That's going to be interesting, but, like, yeah, I think it's just going to be cool. Um, It'll could be, nice there could be something. some scheming going on, I feel like. <laughs> Patriots doing some. Patriots going to record. Happen. Let's see. It'll definitely be interesting. Oh, I'm pretty excited for it. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's nice to just have something to look forward to in the sports world instead of just replays of games and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I thought – I saw their uh, – they're doing some kind of like fundraiser called Draftathon. That's like fans can donate money, but like I looked into it and it's I don't know. It didn't really like say like how they're promoting it. All they said this was a quote from the NFL. It said, "By bringing the exceptional on-air talent of both ESPN and NFL Network together, we hope to deliver a unified presentation of the draft that not only helps awareness and funds for the COVID-19 relief efforts, but also provides entertainments that millions of sports fans have been craving." And I don't, like, I feel like those, there's kind of a disconnect there. Like, like why is them presenting a top-tier, like, draft, like, relate to people wanting to donate to COVID? I don't yeah. Know, it seems like kind of a publicity stunt, like. Yeah, no one's going to be, like, sitting on their couch. No one's going to be sitting on their couch calling to the NFL while they're watching Burrow get selected and be like, okay, I'm going to donate because the Bengals just drafted Burrow. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just seems I like... I mean, it's not a terrible idea. Like, like, it's cool that they're doing it. I just don't really see the correlation between, like, why people would donate because of the draft. I don't know. Yeah. 
No, it's just another one of those weird things that's kind of getting switched up with the draft. Like, they, I mean, they would never do anything like this if it was just an in-person draft. Like, what are they going to be doing? Like, church walking down the aisles asking for money during during the fucking draft? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> pretty rude. We'll see. Um, so yeah, that'll be pretty interesting to watch. Um, now I think we're yeah. going to get into uh, some updated mocks that we have put together. Um, if you want to go first, where we can each go, uh, I guess, pick by pick and just discuss yeah. what we think. And I if think you have the any first pick is, first pick is pretty obvious for both of us. I think for everyone, it's pretty obvious. Unless the Bengals haul, in my opinion, just like an absolute haul, they're going to draft Burrow. Yeah, I don't think they'll. If, yeah. Unless Burrow says he's not playing there, there's – He's yeah, quarterback's so valuable. Even if like they got four firsts or something, they probably still would take him. Yeah, we yeah. both have Young at I second. That's, yeah. I mean, there's been a little bit of steam about them trading down because I don't know. They do kind of have a solid D line already. With they have like Deer and Payne and uh, a couple other guys. I think they drafted a what uh, they draft last year that edge rusher. Yeah, I just I just know that they have a lot more pressing needs than defensive end. Oh yeah, Sweat was their edge rusher, so they've got at the same time like an edge rusher like of Young's caliber is going to make an impact on the game, and he's going to be able to make an immediate impact in the league. He's not going to be someone who they need to develop. Yeah, that's true. I I say I I would think the Redskins will stay put, but there's I guess a slight chance they move down. I think three is pretty interesting though. Mm-hmm. It's becoming, I think, pretty apparent that the Dolphins aren't aren't going to give up too much to move up. It seems like, at least with what they're saying about um, Herbert, that might. Yeah, and I don't really more. blame them because when you think about it, like the Lions, I don't like they're not going to draft a quarterback, in my opinion, at least. Stafford, no. Stafford's too good to draft someone over him right now, and they yeah. have important needs other than him, other than the quarterback position. Yeah, and I think I think if if the uh, if the Chargers call up the Lions and offer something, the, the Lions are going to be like they're definitely going to call the Dolphins and see if they can beat it. So like, I don't think the Dolphins will trade up unless they like know that the tar- Chargers are trying to. And I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. So we both have Okuda going third to the Lions. I think that's one of their biggest needs is cornerback. I mean, losing uh, Slay wasn't like a top performer this past year, but he was the type. Solid. You could throw on the opposing team's best receiver. And while his numbers might not have been great, that's the thing is he was guarding the best receiver on the other team every week. Yeah, and I think, yeah, if they can get, like, Okuda, their secondary is brutal. If they can get, like, Okuda and then, like, Delpit round two, like, yeah. it's already, like, pretty pretty close to a rebuilt secondary as long as they both pan out. So I think they'll, yeah, I think I think they'll take him either way. It's just whether it'll be at three or, like, five or six. Yeah, we'll I, I, I think they probably end up staying put at this point. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. There's also, I guess, two through three and four. There's been a little bit of steam. Gettleman the other day said he'd be down to trade down, but again, I just don't think the interest is really there from either the Dolphins or the Chargers. So, I have yeah, I, I have him going with Simmons. Um, he's he's probably my second favorite guy in the draft. Um, in terms of like, I think he'll be a really good pro, um, and I, I just think he's too uh, dynamic to pass up. But you have, uh, I think, 
a little bit different. Yeah, I like Simmons' play style, and I think he's going to be a great NFL player. I just don't think that that's exactly what the Lions need right – or, sorry, the Giants need right now. They just – I mean, you can play Simmons at safety, linebacker. You could play him in a lot of different places, but I think their biggest need right now is they need to, they need to uh, sharpen up that offensive line. I think they're going to go with Werfs, the tackle from Iowa. I mean, he's – I think he's the best O-line prospect in the draft, and I think that – he could, he's going to provide what Daniel Jones needs to be a little more comfortable in the pocket. And I think they all draft a wide receiver at that 36 spot because they, they really need to build out their offense to see what Daniel Jones is really worth. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, obviously, they're still a long way from competing, I think, probably everyone's opinion. So. Yeah, either, either way, it's not, I don't think Simmons or Works is a bad pick. Yeah, Simmons kind of reminds me of like a – a bigger Jabril Peppers that's more athletic because he was kind of all over the field. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's honestly yeah. like a good comparison to Derwin James. That too, yeah. We'll see. Uh, I think yeah, I think he'll be good, but again, like middle linebacker typically would be a position you'd see at four overall, but he's kind of a different breed, different animal. Yeah, he's not he's not your typical middle linebacker. Like he's pretty versatile. You can move him. You can move him around the field. Yeah, and then at five, I think I think it's kind of a pretty big smoke screen by the Dolphins, just to try to prevent the Chargers from jumping them. If the Chargers want Tua and they think the Dolphins are going Herbert, they'll sit back. I don't know how uh, how effective it's going to be, but I still think the Dolphins go Tua here. Yeah, I do as well. I think I just think that it seems too convenient that. Like, I mean, things in sports get out because teams want them to get out. Like, if, if the Dolphins didn't want people to think that they were – if Dolphins didn't want people to think that they were going to take Tua, they wouldn't have let anything out. So I, I just think that they're kind of making all this up and they're just going to take Tua if he's sitting there at five. Yeah, that- I mean, he's just – outside of injury, which he does have some risk, I just think he's a much more of, like, a sure thing as than Herbert. Like, Herbert has the arm talent, but – He's really yet to put together like a statistically dominant season, and yeah, he didn't have yeah. a supporting cast of Tua, but I just think Tua yeah, is more I, of a sure thing in the NFL as long as he stays healthy. Whereas yeah, I think Herbert's just, a bit overrated, to be honest. Yeah, and then we do both have Herbert going six um, instead of O line here. I have him going with the quarterback. It could definitely go either way. Yeah, I was between O line or quarterback. I could see him going worse if he's here. I just decided yeah. to go quarterback. I yeah, just think they're kind of in win-now mode, and Tyrod Taylor is not that guy that's going to – I mean, Herbert probably isn't either, but you know that you know that Tyrod Taylor isn't going to be the guy to lead you to the playoffs. So. Yeah, I mean, Tyrod could get you eight or nine wins, but he's not going to beat Mahomes and Jackson in the playoffs. So you might as well take a flyer on a guy like Herbert that you – yeah, uh, he obviously think, has the more arm talent than uh, Taylor. It's just a matter of whether he can put it together. Yeah, in my opinion, like if they were to draft, if they were to draft a O lineman at that spot, maybe Wills or Thomas, I think that kind of indicates that they're trying to go after someone like Cam or someone. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, it's hard to predict at this point. It's hard to predict, but if they if they pick up an O line guy, it seems like they're trying to bolster that to. I don't know, sell another guy to come in. Oh, or, yeah, for sure. 
draft a quarterback. And if I think if they get one of those guys in the next week before the draft, I think they'll definitely go O line here. Yeah. Um, whatever, whatever those three tackle, or I guess four tackles are still out there. Um, yeah, so right now we seven. have them both going Herbert. And then at seven, I have uh, Derek Brown going to the Panthers. Uh, I know D tackle. I personally don't love this pick. Um, I'd like to see him go O line here, or maybe wide receiver. Although that might be a little early, um, but. They do have a hole at D-tackle, and he's pretty clearly the best D-tackle in this draft. So that's where I have him going. And I see that you don't even have him in your top 12. Yeah, they definitely have a hole in at D-tackle, but and I'll get to this later in, an, in another segment. I just think Brown wouldn't be the best pick there for the Panthers. I honestly think I have Simmons going there if – if my mock is correct and he slides to seven, I think Simmons would be a great pick for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he's there, I would take him as well, but I, I have him going a little yeah. earlier. Yeah, that would be a great value for them to get Simmons there. But I think if if Simmons is gone at, at the point of seven, I honestly think the Panthers should trade back and try and get some more assets because the, the Panthers are not going to be made a better team this year by just drafting one guy, whether it's Brown, Simmons, it's a, D tackle, yeah. a, a wide receiver. Even if it's a wide receiver, they're not going to be a competitive team in that division this year with one draft pick. So I think going back would be a lot better for them than drafting anyone besides Simmons at this spot. I definitely agree. If they can get the one of the Raiders have like 7 and 20 or something, 20-something, mm-hmm. they probably have to – yeah, if they could trade back, I think they should. But we just, I mean, it's at this point, at this late in the, I guess it's not late, but outside of the top five, it's pretty tough to project any trades. Yeah. So uh, we just went with the chalk in terms of trades. Um, Cardinals, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious they're going O-line. That's one of the easiest. Yeah, yeah you haven't um, taken worse. Just best O-line. Your first tackle off the board for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I had worse going earlier, obviously. So I have them taking Wills from Alabama. But I mean, I think I think even Thomas would be a solid pick there as a lineman. But I think Wills is slight is rated slightly higher by most teams. Yeah, Thomas isn't the most elite athlete. He's definitely yeah. going to get it done. But I think Wills has a little higher upside. Same yeah, thing right. with Worfs. And I think I don't know. The Cardinals are pretty solid everywhere else on offense, besides the line. Um, yeah, I heard some people talking about like they should take a wide receiver, and I mean. Like, that would be interesting if they got another great receiver to pair with or, honestly, to add to their trio. But I don't know. It's I think they're going to take a line there. It's not worth the eighth overall pick, especially in this draft. I mean, maybe take a receiver in the second round, like Ayuk or, like, Chenault if you can get your hands on him. But exactly. not at eight. And I wouldn't – I don't know. This is a pretty strong tackle draft, and that's what you need. So I, I just think don't overthink it and just take the best guy on the board. Yeah, um, and then I have the Jaguars going O line as well uh, with Wills. Um, yeah, I think, I just think it's pretty good value here. And O-line's definitely a need for them. Everything's kind of a need for them, to yeah, be honest. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, I have them taking Henderson, which might be a bit of a reach, but at the end of the day, I think cornerback's a big deal for them too. I mean, their their secondaries after trading away Ramsey is pretty bad, and that's a, a position of pretty pretty big value on the defensive side of the ball. So I think that if Henderson can pan out, that'd be a solid pick for them. 
Yeah, I mean, look at their secondary two years ago, and, and now I mean they had Bouye, Ramsey. Um, yeah, I and mean, now they're they just run all around the field, making plays, and that's all they needed. They didn't need to go. Sean Gibson, Barry Church, and they're all gone. So yeah, definitely corner here is I think Henderson, C.J. Henderson at nine is a little bit maybe of a reach, but I don't I don't think it's a terrible pick, um, especially if. Uh, if you don't, if you're unable to trade down, and I think he's probably a top 15 guy for sure, anyway, so it's not like a huge reach. Um, and then Browns, I have taken Beckton out of Louisville. Um, I know he failed a drug test, um, but I just feel like his upside is so much higher than Thomas out of Georgia that I think it's worth the flyer. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly like what what he failed for, but it didn't seem like anything too extreme. Um, yeah, I was – I think Thomas is who the Browns are going to take here. I think they kind of need to go all-line with how – like we were talking about, they, this is a very solid. I don't think Beckton would be a bad pick. I just think Thomas is the kind of guy that they can rely on to come in and contribute versus Beckton might take a little while. And I think this Browns team is kind of sick of – Waiting, sick definitely, of, but, yeah. Thomas is more of a sure thing for sure. And yeah. I mean, I think the Browns, I think that's everyone hyped up the Browns last year and they're going to do again this year. But I mean, O-line is so important and they they might have had the worst O-line in football last year. People yeah. don't think about it, but I mean, I think them and have. the Cardinals are like the two most obvious picks in this top 10. Um, not in terms of players, but they're, I think they're both definitely going O-line yeah. here unless yeah. someone falls, like Simons falls to eight or something. Yeah. But I don't see that happening. And then who do you have going to the Jets? I have him taking Judy. Um, I think he's clearly the top guy in the draft at the receiver position. Um, just production at Alabama was off the charts. Um, clearly the number one guy there with three first, second round receivers. Yeah. Um, Wonderlick score of nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess throws up some red flags, but it doesn't really matter. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a wide receiver. I have Judy going 11 to the Jets as well. I think, like you said, he's the best wide receiver available in the draft. I mean, if you just watched him play in college, like he, he just looked like a different kind of talent. And it's not like he was in the Pac-12. He was just playing, going up against SEC DBs, which are going to be first-round picks, second-round picks, high NFL draft picks a lot of the time. He was tearing them up, so I think I think Judy to the Jets. That's an, that's a position they need. They need a wide receiver. They need to bolster up their offense. I mean, they lost Robbie Anderson, who I am kind of a fan of as a wide receiver. But I think here is the move for them. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Um, and I, I don't know. I think it's either him or Lamb. Um, yeah, I think CD is. A little bit of a different – he's going to be more of an after-the-catch kind of guy, I think, in the NFL. And Jerry Judy yeah. is just a guy that's going to get open for your quarterback, and I feel like that's what Sam Darnold needs. And yeah, I think, I think, I think uh, Judy's more of like a number one. Like I think Judy can be good without anyone else, without any other threats, whereas Lamb is more of a – not a complimentary piece, but – No, I agree. I think, in a, I think in a dormant offense like the Jets have, I think Judy's a better fit there. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then I have the Raiders somewhat – I mean, 
somewhat surprisingly, I guess, not going receiver here. I have him taking C.J. Henderson out of Florida. Um, I think I think they either go corner or receiver, but I think the values there for Henderson. This draft's a lot a lot stronger in uh, the receiver category. So yeah. second round, do they have? I think they also have a pick later in the first. Um, maybe they get Jefferson there. Um, they have the nineteen. Yeah, I think Jefferson's probably there. They have nineteen. Yeah, they have nineteen from Chicago. So I think I think they probably go corner here because there's a pretty clear cutoff after Henderson. Yeah. Take care of that need and then go Jefferson nineteen or someone like Chanel in like the second round. Yeah, for the last pick of yeah for the twelfth pick of our mock, I think if if Henderson is there, I think that's certainly a good pick for the Raiders. That's a position they need. I just see them taking. If I have Henderson off the board on mine, obviously at nine to the Jags. And I think that the Raiders and Gruden, I mean, if you just look at the way Gruden drafts and his coaching style, I think that they're going to go receiver here. And while I don't, I think CeeDee Lamb might be better than Ruggs, I, I think that Gruden's going to be drawn to Ruggs' big playability and kind of the buzz that's surrounding him right now. So I have the Raiders taking Ruggs at 12. Yeah, I mean, the the Raiders have definitely been a victim of, like, caring about combine stats a little too much in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, that was more Al Davis, I think, but um, I, I think Gruden might also be kind of similar in that he's he wants to shoot for that, that top-end speed or that, you know, he's, he's drawn by the combine as opposed to film. So I think I think he could go rugs if he goes receiver. Um, but it'll be interesting to see because uh, – I have, I have honestly like, Rugs and uh, CD Lamb. I have pretty, pretty close on my board. So, yeah. I think either way, it's it's a decent pick. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see which way they go there. Yeah, going back to uh, kind of the deal with Tua versus Herbert. How do you feel? Like, what do you think? I know we kind of passed over it. What do you think the Dolphins are really doing in that situation? Like, I've heard a lot of noise. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to say, but I just don't. I just don't see the the reason for them to say that if like it's true. Like, yeah, it might have gotten leaked out, but I don't know. I think I just I just think Tua's the clearly the better quarterback, and I I mean the last what three months it's been they've been in on him, and now a week and a half before the draft they're oh we like herbert yeah i think the only reason we're having this discussion is the fact that we haven't been able to see or we haven't been able to have all these pre-draft interviews we haven't been able to have visits to we haven't been able to have players visit facilities and yeah. pro days i think if if all that stuff was happening i think it'd be pretty clear-cut that the dolphins were going to take we're going to try to jump to take to a just because he's, I think he's that much better of a prospect than Herbert. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, maybe they're, maybe they're sort of indifferent, and they, uh, they could go. They really could go either way. But um, I feel like they, they know their guy, and it's Tua. But there's I mean, definitely no way to say for sure. Interesting to see how they're going to pan out. This is kind of going to be a crapshoot of a draft. I think. I think if one domino happens where. One team trades up. I think we could just have a trade fest this whole draft. But, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I do think 
whoever goes to the Dolphins, I think they'll. It's definitely a pretty good situation there. I mean, their offense wasn't. They weren't terrible last year. They're going to have a lot more guys with their picks this year. They got Devontae Parker. Gasicki was solid. Um, yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. I think I think Miami's a pretty good situation for either of these guys. Um, a lot better than someone like um, the Bengals for Burrow. Although the Chargers are also um, built to sort of win now even more so. So. Yeah. So I think uh, I think now we're gonna jump to some some uh, fan questions from Twitter, and we're actually gonna be joined by a guest, uh, Kev Easylocks. And he has a, a case to make about uh, Kentucky wide receiver Lynn Bowden Jr. Kevin, how's it going? Yeah, how are you guys doing? Doing great, doing great. So tell us about uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. <clears throat> yeah, so I have quite a bit of firsthand experience watching um, the Kentucky Wildcats past few years. And uh, I think Lynn Bowden's quite the interesting prospect. Um, I'd like to know what you guys think of him. But just based off what I've seen, I've done like a little bit of research. I think he's really versatile. Um, he can play quite a few different positions. Um, you can compare him to like a Devo. Uh, he can, I mean, in NFL, I can see him returning punts, returning kicks, uh, probably like a slot receiver. Um, he led UK in rush yards as well as receiving yards this past year, um, racking up almost 1,500 yards um, on the ground and averaging over eight yards a carry, which was I think it was like one or first or second best among uh, draft eligible um, rushers. Um, and then, so since he was playing quarterback last year, he didn't really get to return any punts, return any kicks, just because Steve wouldn't let him, didn't want him to get hurt. But back in 2018, when he was doing a little bit more of that, he had five attempts, um, returning punts. He ran two back for a touchdown, and he was averaging about 20. 29 yards a attempt. So I think he's like really versatile. He's a playmaker. Uh, his ability to make people miss, I think, is really impressive. I was just wondering what you guys think of him, where you think he might go, anything really. Yeah, I think yeah. A, a super interesting prospect. The fact that, I mean, you hear a lot about guys in the league who played quarterback in college and then end up playing more of like a slot receiver role in the NFL, but He's the type of guy that, honestly, I could see being more of an outside type of wide receiver, maybe catching the screens or, like, running the deep routes, kind of like a Henry Ruggs. Obviously not that type of speed, but yeah. utilizing that type of situation. Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, he didn't he didn't do much at the combine, which um, is, I guess, a little bit of a flag, but uh, yeah, he clearly yeah. showed his speed at Kentucky. Um, was he planning on showing off at the pro day more? Do you know or? Uh, I'm not sure. I know he was battling a hamstring injury during the combine, so I'm pretty sure all he did was the uh, bench press. So he skipped everything else. Yep, yep. Um, which I don't know for a receiver or a slash like weapon guy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not the most important thing, but um, yeah, he's definitely like an exciting guy. Um, who do you compare him to? Is like a, a pro-style player. Yeah, I'd probably say like a Devo Samuel maybe. He's kind of got like the versatility of a Taysom Hill. Obviously, he's not – I mean, if you watched any of his games and he's trying to throw the ball, it wasn't the best. 
made a couple good throws, like that last throw on the belt bowl that won him the game. But other than that, he missed quite a few throws. So he's not like a Taysom Hill kind of a passer, but he's definitely got like the athletic ability of like a Debo Samuel. Yes. So, uh, Mr. Bank, what are you thinking? Like, I think it like maybe like late day two, early day three guy. Um, yeah. yeah, I can certainly see that. I think he's the type of guy that needs to go to a certain situation to be successful. If he's if he go if he was to go to a team like the 49ers, like you were saying, comparison to Debo Samuel, I think mm-hmm. Shannon perfectly. But if you were to put him on, I don't know, the Jags, for example, I think his his talent would be totally wasted. So I think it's all gonna depend on where he ends up in the draft. Do you guys think he would fit on the Packers? Yeah, I think he could be uh, – who was that uh, number 32 that we had this – Irvin? I think he could be someone oh, like yeah. that with a little more explosiveness. Um, we definitely need a little bit of a spark on our offense, at least the last couple of years uh, through the air. And we have, It's been a while since we've had this sort of gadget guy. Um, so it would be definitely interesting. And now that we have, you know, LaFleur coming in last year, um, I don't think McCarthy would have been about it, but mm-hmm. I think with LaFleur, he's a little bit more open-minded and a little more modern. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think little, it could definitely fit. I was a little disappointed with LaFleur's lack of ingenuity last year, but I think if he was to come up with a guy like Lynn Bowden, I think that next year he could really make a lot more stuff happen, whether that's Rogers calling audibles, or uh, scripted plays in the in the first quarter to bout and stuff like that, and even him returning punts and kicks, like Kev was saying, I think that would really benefit the Packers in the long run. I just think athletes getting athletes in at uh, skill positions is something that the Packers could use at this point. So definitely yeah. like third, fourth round guy, mm-hmm. definitely worth taking a look at. All right, Kev. Well, we appreciate your insight. Uh, do you have anything else to say about Lynn before uh, you sign off? No, I think that's it. I hope the Packers take him that end the third round, but I guess we'll see. All right. Thank well, you, sir. But... All right. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Um, so, yeah, Lynn Bowden Jr., um, kind of an under-the-radar guy uh, that no one's really talking about, but – He's definitely like a dynamic player that can definitely provide some sparks to any offense. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see where he ends up. Um, what do you think about uh, Mr. Toff's question about uh, Mackay Becton on Twitter? Do you think that failed drug test by him is going to change uh, kind of the perception of him coming into the draft? Yeah, I mean, I kind of implied it with my uh, – I still have him going top ten in the mock. Um there hasn't been a ton of information about it released to the public. So it's tough to say like what, what actually went down and like what teams know. Um, but I just think his size and speed combination um, make him just so interesting. Um, such an interesting prospect. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, don't, I don't really see him falling out of the top 12 to 15. Um, yeah. I think this teams are able to look past it kind of a perfect draft for, for stuff like this to come out, to be honest, because the new CBA, they just renegotiated where players aren't going to be getting punished as seriously for things of this nature. So I think that he's still basically going to be drafted on merit. And uh, in terms of Mr. Tuff's question, I think that 
his his off the chart size is and kind of ability to move his feet is just going to allow him to have a amazing potential in the league. And if a team drafts him as late as 15, like you were saying, if he slides that far, I think that even if, like if he went 14 to the Bucks, I think he could be a great piece for them if they can figure out how to get him into their offense and how to get him going first year. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, Zach Bond's another guy that he had a diluted sample. It'll be interesting to see where, if that affects him at all. I mean, um, again, we don't really know, like he said something about trying to put on weight or like something for the like BPI testing or something was the reason for it. But um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see like how teams react to that whether yeah. he's still a first rounder, fringe first rounder or not. Yeah, for sure. So uh, like the running backs, there's a lot of kind of buzz around. Is there going to be a first round running back? Who even are the good running backs in the draft or who like should be the high drafted running backs? What do you think about the top three? Let's say the top three running backs in the draft. Who do you think those are? I mean, I personally think there's a pretty clear top three, but um, when I did some other research, um, there's actually some people that have like Elair and that guy from Florida State ahead of Dobbins, and I just think that's pretty ridiculous. Um, I think Dobbins is kind of an intermediary between Jonathan Taylor, who's kind of, you know, a peer running back, uh, bruiser, you know, your classic, uh, I don't know, you're just historical running back. Yeah. Does the job, runs the football, hard-nosed, not the best out of the backfield, you know. Someone like that, but I think Dobbins, and then you got well, you got Swift, who's pretty good out of the backfield. Um, wasn't wasn't super fast at the combine, um, and he's also never had over 200 carries in a season. Um, Swift, that is. So I think that's kind of concerning. Um, and he did have some injury concerns, especially at the end of last year. Um, so I definitely, I definitely don't like Swift in the first round. Um, in terms of Taylor, I think he benefited from a really good O-line and a scheme that just, I mean, when's the last Wisconsin running back that hasn't been good in college? Um, I think the scheme is pretty catered to make him good. Um, and again, he has those worn out legs from, uh, yeah, he certainly carries in college. He had over like 250 carries in every season. So it'll be interesting. He's also a little more unproven in the back, uh, out of the backfield catching the ball. But uh, J.K. Dobbins is my – pretty clearly my favorite guy. Um, he had the quick – he has the quickest burst of these three by far. Um, he's got that uh, second gear that you see in college, especially against Clemson in the first half. He broke two 50-plus yarders, um, and that's not against the slouch defense. Um He's very durable. He he did suffer a little bit of an ankle injury in the semifinal, which is why he didn't run at the combine. But uh, he did play through that actually and finish the game, which shows a lot of toughness that I like. Yeah. Um, he also I mean, had over 194 carries in all three seasons. Um, yeah. He ever had a total of about 150 less total carries than Taylor, um, which is a good chunk. It's about a maybe a season, half season worth, a little more in the NFL as a lead guy. Um. Yeah, again, he didn't run the 40, but I think he's probably faster than Swift, and he's pretty close to Taylor. Um, yeah. I'm definitely, mean, like, more shifty than Taylor. So, as Wisconsin, I like Dobbins the most. I don't know about you. Pains me to say, but I agree with you. I think, I mean, just watching the two games that Wisconsin played Ohio State this year, 
uh, it just looked to me like Dobbins was just going to be a better NFL back. Taylor is such a tank in the backfield in, the, in college, and he was he's going to get his yards. But I just think in today's NFL, Dobbins coming out of the backfield, he can catch swing passes. He can he can run routes for you. I think he's going to be a great running back in the NFL. It's just going to depend on how his offensive uh, coordinator uses him. I think. Yeah, he's a little more versatile for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think Taylor Taylor might have higher top end speed, but I, I mean it's pretty clear watching film that Dobbins is definitely uh, like faster acceleration. Um, he gets up to his top gear a lot faster than Taylor. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, like you're saying, Dobbins maybe a little underrated. I think another underrated guy at the running back position is uh, Edward Hilaire out of LSU. I think that after like watching him in the college football playoff and just how how much trust Joe Burrow had in him. He was basically just Burrow's check down guy whenever he needed to get the ball out of his hands, whenever he needed five, 10 yards. So I think, honestly think Edward Hilaire is going to prove to be one of the better, if not the best receiving threat out of the draft. He caught 55 balls last year, which is pretty impressive for an SEC running back, to be honest. And I know you have, you might have a little concern with his top end speed. Yeah. I mean, he ran a 4-6, which obviously the 40 isn't everything, um, as we just talked about with, like, Taylor versus Dobbins. Um, he is explosive, I'll give you that. Um, but I just don't think he has that, that speed to get it done as a lead guy. Yeah. Um, I could I see definitely see him being, like, a solid third-down guy and, like, a chains of pace running back. But if you're going to spend second, third-round pick on a guy, you're going to at least want the opportunity to give him, like, um, full, you know, three-down yeah, back guy. Um, and I don't think that's what you're going to get with him. I could be wrong, but especially, like, nowadays with running backs being under or valued pretty low on the spectrum, um, I just think spending, like, a third-round pick on him is a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, I, just, I, I see where you're, where you're coming from. I just think that as a running back, uh, like you said, he only he did only run a 4-6-40, but a little comparison I think you can make is – Maybe not size-wise, but, I mean, Alvin Kamara ran a 4.56, which seems pretty slow. But I think that these type of running backs, like I think Edward Slayer is going to be, where they're catching the ball out of the backfield a lot more than maybe they're running the ball up the middle. I think that top-end speed isn't as big of a deal as elusiveness and kind of finding those those little areas in the defense, like catching a ball right in the middle, four yards, get to the sticks, that kind of thing. I think that's something that Hilaire is going to be. Edward Tillier is going to be great at, at the next level. And he tested pretty high in stuff like the broad jump and vert. He had the best in both those categories of the top running backs in the uh, top running back prospects in the draft. And that just shows that he's going to be a little more explosive. And like you were talking about with Dobbins, top end speed might not be there. He might not be the highest top end speed, but I think his explosiveness is going to be what really proves him to be a solid prospect in the, in the draft yeah we'll see um i have him probably as my fifth or sixth running back but um obviously you have him higher and i guess we'll see see where yeah, he goes and see how his career pans out um one of the running backs i think we both have judging from what we've said uh so far is overrated is swift um i think he is um overall um seen as the top guy um off the board at the running back position and I just I just honestly I don't see it um 
He's had injury concerns. Um, he's never carried the ball over 200 times in a season. Um, yeah, I know he went up against SEC defenses and averaged five-plus yards a carry last year, um, but he didn't score in the last seven games. Um, he's not going to be a goal line guy that you throw in there and he punches it in. No, I don't. I don't think he's. I think Dobbins and Taylor are both more powerful than him. Um, yeah. Yeah, he caught the ball more than both of them last year. He's he might be the worse. best out of the backfield, but um, I don't know. I just injury I, concern and lack of a upside for me. I just don't. I don't see him as a top running back or really even close to that. Yeah, I think he's overrated in in kind of two facets. I think the fact that some people are saying he might go first round, I think it's all, it's sacrilegious to take a running back in the first round of today's NFL, in my opinion. Especially if he's now like, you know, yeah, and like, generational. Like, like Saquon Barkley, yeah, he's a first round yeah. talent, but yeah, and the thing is, like Swift, I don't I don't think either of us sees him carrying the ball twenty times a game in the NFL. No, even 17 times a game, I think that's a bit of a stretch. And if you're going to be spending a first-round pick on a guy, he needs to be doing that for you. So I think that's where we have him as overrated. I just yeah. don't see that panning out if teams are going to spend a first-round pick on him. Another I guy, definitely I, agree with that. Yeah, another guy I think is overrated is uh, D-tackle Derek Brown out of Auburn. I know you had him going uh, seventh, I think it was, to the Panthers. Yeah. And they- have a, a need there but I just think that D tackles in the NFL are a bit overvalued not not as bad as the running back position but I think unless you have an Aaron Donald type that spending a high pick on a D tackle just isn't really worth it in the long run I think that the cart of the Panthers have more prevalent needs than uh interior defensive line it's certainly something that they need to bolster but there's stuff like uh cornerback or just even like a wide receiver that would help them a lot more and trading down, like we said before, would be uh, pretty important for them. I think that like, if you compare Derek Brown to someone like Quinn and Williams last year, the thing is Williams, I, mean, I know he had some injuries last year, but you need, you need a really generational talent to turn out as a D tackle to be drafted that high. And I just don't see Brown as panning out in that, in that way. Yeah. I mean, his, his college stats are pretty impressive. 33 tackles for loss in his career, including um, three seasons with nine and a half or more. And then he did have 12 and a half sacks, which for the college level was definitely respectable, especially for an interior D lineman. Um, he was on a line with Davidson as well, uh, Marlon Davidson, who another guy, another guy that's probably a second rounder. So that definitely helped him. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he'll be – I think he's one of the safer picks as like a solid starting D tackle for the next six, seven years. But yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. I like D tackles are more, you know, they're more dime a dozen than, you know, a, a guy like uh, CJ Henderson from Florida or something like that. So yeah, or even I could go either way on this. Um, I think as a D tackle, he's not overrated. But uh, yeah, I think, I think he might be overvalued in the mock a little bit at, at like yeah. top eight, but I'm not sure either way. Yeah, I think I'm my my main point is just that a D, a D tackle at seven just seems a bit high for me, unless it was something like an Aaron Donald that you knew was going to be just dominant in the league. But I know you have one more guy that you want to touch on overrated. So uh, 
Yeah. Um, it's not a very unique opinion. I think a lot of guys have this opinion about Henry Ruggs. Um, I just – I mean, he put up decent numbers in college. They weren't uh, mind-blowing in any way. Uh, I know he was probably the third guy on that team, so understandable, but um, I don't know. I just really don't think speed is as big of a factor as people are making it. If you look at the top 40 guys of all time, or top top 40 times of all time at the receiver position, you have zero all pros, zero pro balls um, with the top 10 guys. So you got John Ross. Rondell Menendez, Jerome Mathis, Marquise Goodwin, Henry Ruggs, um, Jacoby Ford, J.J. Nelson, Darius Hayward Bay, and Yaman figures. Um, A lot of these names are people won't even recognize. Exactly. So I think, yes, he has some other tools that make him attractive, but I I would personally, I'd put him closer to the level of like Justin Jefferson and like Brandon Ayuk in that sort of like 20 20 to 30 range. 20 to 35 range as opposed to like the range with like Lamb and Judy. Yeah. yeah. He certainly has the upside, but like you're saying, these speedsters, you kind of, you're not really guaranteed to hit on these type of guys. And exactly. I like rugs. I think he's kind of just getting like the fact that he performs so well at the combine. We did, we didn't have all these pro days and these other things to kind of gawk at for all these prospects so I think that's part of the reason that Ruggs is getting hyped up so much yeah he was like the one guy that really that really showed out at the combine because I mean a lot of people like I don't know for example like Tyler Johnson and uh some other guys wait we're waiting for the pro day to get fully healthy and then never had that opportunity so yeah uh, people are definitely drawn more towards Ruggs because of that mm-hmm um, I also another segment I wanted to talk about. Um, I know we have a lot of Packers fans listening here. Um, I know Kevin sure. talked about who he wants us to take. Um, yeah, who do you think Packers going? I, I like uh, Patrick Queen a lot, the linebacker out of LSU. A lot of people yeah. like Kenneth Murray more, but I think I think the I think Queen fits the Packers a lot better. Um, Murray's a lot more like Blake Martinez, who we just let go. Um, pure tackling the machine. Um, not the quickest guy, not the fastest, um, not the best cover guy, but I think Queen provides a lot more valuable to this Packers team. Um, we haven't had like a freak athlete at the linebacker position in who, who knows how long, um, as long as I can remember. And I think it was pretty clear last year that we need a guy that could fly around the field somewhere like an Anthony Barr or something like that. Um, and Kenneth Murray just isn't that guy. Um, if Queen's not available for us at 30 or at our pick, um, I could see them going like T Higgins or like someone like Brandon Ayuk, maybe Jefferson if he's there and then taking Willie Gay in the second round. Um, he's another guy that really showed out at the combine probably behind rugs um, was the, the biggest surprise there. Um, he pretty much led middle linebackers in every or he was he was up there in every every category, whether it was uh, the forty or the bench press or the vertical. So he's yeah. definitely a guy I'd look at maybe in the second round if they do go wide receiver here. Um, but I think it's gonna be either middle linebacker wide receiver in the first round. Um, I could maybe see him going like o, o, 
O-line, offensive guard, if there's someone that slips a little bit. But personally, I'd like to see it be a linebacker or wide receiver. Yeah, I think it's interesting what they, what they go with. But I agree with you on – I would like to see them kind of bolster that linebacking core after they lost Martinez. I wasn't the biggest fan of Martinez. I but was not either. I'm happy he's gone, but we definitely need to replace him. Yeah, we're, we're going to need a linebacker. So yes. I think I think this this uh, class is so deep at receiver that you can afford to maybe wait another round. Yeah, someone that, like Michael Pittman and Donovan Peoples Jones somewhere in the second to third to fourth round range. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I mean, we don't as the Packers don't need a wide receiver that's going to take Adam's spot. That's not what we want. We want a, a secondary, a complementary piece. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I think we both have uh, a myriad of bets that we want to get to, different things that we see uh, as likely to come come through for us in the draft. Uh, why don't you start us off with uh, some of your some of your prop bets for the draft? Um, so my first one is uh, Kenneth Murray draft position over twenty one and a half at minus one thirty. I got this line from a bet online, and I don't know. I just like I talked about. I think Kenneth Murray is kind of your prototypical classic middle linebacker, fills gaps, tackles pretty well. Um, he's definitely going to be a, a great leader and a, lot, a great locker room guy. Uh, that's pretty clear, but um, I just don't think it's a premium position, and he's not the premium uh, type for that position either. Um, if you're going to take a middle linebacker in the top 20, I think he's got to be, be a freak athlete, um, and I just don't think Kenneth Murray is that guy. Um, my next one, I have under one and a half Georgia players in the first round at plus 150. Um, alternatively, you could just bet DeAndre Swift to not go in the first round, but that was like minus 115. And I don't see any other Georgia guys going in the first round. So I found some more value with this one. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that side as well. Like we talked about, I mean, Thomas is a lock, um, but I don't think we both don't think Swift's a first round guy. And I think, I think most GMs agree on that. Yeah. Um, so that's what I have for my first two. I have a couple more, but if you wanted to touch on a couple of years before I get yeah. into that. Um, my first bet uh, I have is from Bet Online. I have uh, Okuda to be the third pick overall at plus 130. I think we kind of touched on earlier the buzz that was going around with is someone going to trade up to three? Are the Lions going to move back? I think that it's kind of died down a little bit, and I see the Lions sticking to their third pick and I see them taking Okuda. I think that's the biggest need for them. Like we talked about earlier and at plus plus one thirty for Okuda to be the third pick. I think that's extremely good value there. Yeah. I mean, I think if they, if they stick there, I think it's pretty obvious they're going to take him. So you're basically yes. betting, you know, plus one thirty that there's not going to be a trade, which is definitely good value. Yeah. So I like that. And then also uh, I like Brown over seven and a half minus minus one twenty. That's also from bet online. I just think that, like I said, I was talking a lot about how he was overrated, and I think that I think that a lot of these teams are going to understand that the D tackle position really isn't all that valuable. And if, as long as the Panthers don't take him at seven, I think him going over seven and a half is a breeze. He's not going to. I don't think the um, the Chargers are going to take him. They don't really need a interior line kind of guy. And then none of the teams above that are going to spend that high of a pick on him. So I like him over seven and a half as well. And yeah, then, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I just want to get to um, my best bet, 
for the draft, and that is uh, going to be Thomas. That is Andrew Thomas, the tackle from Georgia, under 10 and a half, plus 105 on Bavada. So the reason this is my best bet, I see Thomas as the third best tackle in the draft. You can even argue that he's the second best, but I think he's going to be the second, the third best tackle from the draft. And I think that there's five teams in the top 10 that need a tackle. So the Giants, you have them taking Simmons. I can see them taking Simmons, but if they take worse, I don't think there's any way that Chargers, Cardinals, Jags, Browns, that only one of those teams takes a tackle in the top. I mean, you could even argue the Panthers could if he's, if they really like him. Yeah, exactly. So I think Thomas under 10 and a half is going to be, going to be my best bet for the draft coming up. So you have him clearly over Beckton as the third guy. I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, probably my favorite bet. Um, I really like, I, I touched on how much I like J.K. Dobbins, um, and I think he, he should be drafted under 44 and a half. Um, but like I said, there's some questions as whether he's even the third guy off the board. Um, he could be fourth, even fifth, um, depending on what teams think. So I think, and, you know, every mock draft, I know that's not, they're not accurate a lot of the time, but I've seen him anywhere from 54 to like, 90 and I just I don't see him going in the top 12 picks of the second round yeah Um, a lot of those teams have you know holes to fill up you know more premier positions and I just don't see I I don't know I don't see a running back getting drafted in the first round and I don't see three running backs getting drafted in the top 12 of the second round Um, so that's a pick I really like I wouldn't mind mind him going that early but I don't think he will and for our uh, listeners, where did you get that line from? That was on a FanDuel. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like, I like that spot as well. I just think it provides some good value. It is minus 126, but um, I think that's as much of a sure thing as I found in the props. Mm-hmm. Is there uh, any other uh, draft props you want to touch on? or is um, that- Yeah, I have Tua taken before Herbert at minus 126. Uh, we've touched on that. I think the Dolphins still like Tua more. Um, again, we've touched on running backs. I have under half of, 0.5 running backs taken in the first round at plus 198. That's pretty – I think that's some pretty good value right there. Yeah, two to one. That was on FanDuel as well. Um, and then for bet online, my final bet um, is under five and a half receivers taken in the first round at plus 185. This was also available on FanDuel for under six and a half at minus 280, but I've liked this spot better. Um, I think Judy, Ruggs, Lamb, and Jefferson obviously are locks. That's four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you could go IU Higgins, you could make an argument for. Um, but I don't think both of them go um, in the first, just because, you know, there's so many guys available second, third round that um, I don't think – I don't think Ayuk or Higgins are that much better than the rest of those guys that will be there in the third rounds, or second or third round. So, yeah, I think I have under five and a half guys receivers going in the first round. All right, uh, and that's all my that's like all the bets one. that I made in terms of the draft. Uh, there's one last one I want to touch on is uh, on Bet Online. I have a uh, Judy first wide receiver selected at plus one twenty. 
Um, I think we might be uh, not touching on CeeDee Lamb enough, but I think I really just see Jerry Judy as the best wide receiver prospect in this draft. And, I mean, I have him going ninth to the Jets – or, uh, sorry, not nine. Eleventh. To the Jets. And I just think as – I think he could even go higher than that, but I think if wide receivers all, – all the wide receivers slide to the Jets, I think he best fits their needs. And I, you're getting better than even money on this bet, so I really see uh, – Judy as first wide receiver plus 120 is a solid bet as well to go with uh, my Thomas under 10 and a half best bet. Yeah, I think there's definitely some value there as well. Um, yeah. So I think uh, that wraps up uh, this week in terms of what we wanted to talk about, unless I'm forgetting something. No, no, I think that's um, it. So we're going to have another clip played for you guys, another soundbite. Um, it'll be – related to the draft going with the theme. Um, and you're going to have to guess again who says it. Um, it's a little tougher this week um, as there's not a ton of super famous sound bites from the draft. Um, but yeah, make sure you guys give it a listen uh, right after this. Tweet at us or reply to us um, and with your answer. And the yeah. first time you get it right, we'll get a follow from both of us as well as the podcast page. Yeah, and also uh, one last thing I want to say is just uh, hit us up on uh, either of our ads on Twitter, uh, at MrBank99 or uh, at Sandman. What's your ad? Um, Sandman Picks. Yeah, hit either of us up or the pod at Square Sports Pod with, before Thursday with any questions you have about the draft, and we'll try to get back to you, whether it's a prop bet or should I take one of your bets like Thomas Under or the uh, J.K. Dobbins bet, one of these bets, should, should we take um, – if we have a different value on them, just hit us up and uh, we'll, we'll hit you back and let you know if we still see value on those props. Uh, and one more thing. Um, this isn't a sure thing yet, but um, we are considering making a pool for all the listeners um, on NFL.com. Uh, you each make your own mock draft and then you get points based on like how close you were to their actual position they were picked. Um, I don't know. I think it would be something kind of fun for us all to do together. Um, there might be, you know, some kind of prize or some kind of incentive. Um, we will be in touch on Twitter regarding that if that happens. Um, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. He who I've known for about 30 yeah, years. That's what we're doing for, man. Said he was gonna... Made a promise that's to her and I stuck to it. I made that promise, man. I told her. Before she passed away, I was going to live my dream. I was going to go D1. I was going to get out of Richmond. I was going to get out of Oakland. So go to the NFL. I made that promise to her, man. 30 seconds later, she passed away. And this is what I do it for. This is who I do it for, man. Come on, man. God damn. Get to the damn quarterback. We gonna get to the quarterback. The emotions build up inside of you right now for your grandmother. It means everything, man. It means everything. I made a promise to her. Like I said, I was going to go D1. I was going to get out of Richmond. I was going to get out of Oakland. I was going to live my dreams, play the NFL. And I'm here, man. I completed the promise. That means every fucking thing to me. Excuse my language. Man, find me later, man. Find me later, man. This means everything to me. Everything to me, man. I want you to do something for me. I love your passion. I love your intensity. But let's harness it and channel it in the right direction. Because if you can do that, ain't nothing can stop you. 
We did it, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. We did it. I love you, Grandma. It's only the beginning.